Welcome to this fourth episode of the new Meridian CP3 podcast. I don't know if we can say new anymore. No. no. Um, it's made by Teachers for Teachers. Our goal is to provide information for teachers as well as to interview teachers in our district with the intent of sharing exciting activities that are going on in our district classroom. It is a platform that will allow all of us the opportunity to share and learn from each other. If you are interested in being interviewed for our podcast, please let Ryan or Kathy know via email. We would love to have you on our show. The podcast is dedicated to the Meridian MCUSD 223 who are searching for ways to promote their teachers and students. This podcast is looking to build a brand in our community. We are your hosts, Ryan Reed and Kathy Murphy, and we make up the business technology department at Stillman Valley High School. In our fourth podcast we mean to accomplish a couple of goals today first we'll be speaking to mrs michelle masari from monroe center elementary michelle teaches fourth grade remote learning in our district and second ryan kathy will be sharing with you some tips and some apps that you might want to try out for digital tools um, as we are moving here further into the quarter um so um when we talk to michelle and uh she currently as ryan said is fourth grade remote learner teacher here at someone which brings a whole new set of challenges um to the classroom um, she's been a, a career teacher for 22 years now. She also serves as our Flex Night School teacher here at the high school, along with Kelly Vanderplum. We'd like to welcome you, Michelle. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for being here with us. So um, what was your path uh, pathway from educator to working in the Flex School? Um, well, I know last year, PJ, or Dr. Capozzi, um, he put on the website, like if anybody wanted to job share, and I was just reading the, um, you know, what it entailed to do. And I was like, you know what, that wouldn't be so bad coming on over here at nighttime, um, helping the high schoolers um, with what they needed help with out there, you know, to get their um, diploma to graduate. So that's kind of what um, brought me into doing that part. And along with Mrs. Vanderplum, wanting to, she did it the year before. So she's like, I'll job share it. And I said, oh, perfect. Um, so that was great. So we each take turns doing two nights um, a week. So how did you get here as an educator? As an educator, like in the district? Yeah, here? in the district here. Oh, okay. So you, do you do you want to know my college background at all? Or yeah. no? That's up to you, Michelle. You're the special guest here. We're just uh, four teachers in the classroom right now. So I went to college for three and a half years for nursing and all I had left was my clinicals. And then I decided, you know what, um, I think I want to, you know, pursue teaching. So that last, um, that last semester, whatever, I switched over into teaching and I had a lot of my gen eds and everything already done. So it just tacked on one more year of college. Um, so I did that and then I taught well as a 504 aid in the Medina School District, which is out in the suburbs um, for a year as I was looking for a job as a teacher after I graduated. And then I came across an ad for out this way um, and I graduated from Rockford College. So I knew the area and I knew that this, that Stillman Valley was not that far away. Um, so I applied and here I am <laughs> 22 years later at yeah, Monroe Center. So. Uh -huh. And uh, Mike Coolahan's the one who hired me. So that's cool. Very mm -hmm. amazing. Thank you, Michelle. Well, thanks, Michelle. <laughs>
All right, Michelle, um, this year, you know, it's been quite different for you. I know it's been for all of us, but um, we would like you to share with everybody what your focus has been in the classroom as far as a goal as a teacher, and then what have you found to be effective in your experience as a remote learner versus what you've been doing? Okay, so the first part, um, like my focus or goal as a teacher in elementary school is trying to reach all of the students and help them feel that they're successful in what they're doing um, and succeeding in the classroom with their academics. So being like in the past when it was normal school um, and everybody was able to go into the classroom, um, that's pretty easy and you get to go around the desks and kind of see what they're doing. Um, you can pull them aside in groups and help them, small groups, um, help them succeed in what they need help with. Um, but this year, <laughs> being remote, um, it's a little bit different because I don't have the access to the kids. I can't be around them. They're just face-to-face -face on the screen. So um, they hold up their work, and I check their work <laughs> in the camera. Works. Um, <laughs> so like things like that, when we're you know, doing the live you know, teaching, that's the way you know, that I can see what they're doing. Um, and then I do pull them into groups you know, in the, like, in the, um, I would say, like, Google Classroom, mm -hmm. um, remotely, and myself and the para, Mrs. Dowdy, um, will separate the kids and work with them, um, depending on how big the group is, and pull them into two different meets, and use our whiteboards and things like that to kind of show, um, you know, show what they've learned and help them be successful in what they're struggling with. Do you find um, the kids are pretty receptive to this? Or? Yes, they are. Um, the ones that need help, yes, they're very receptive and, and want to come on in and, and get that extra help that they need. It's just, like I said, it's, it's something to get used to because usually you're right there and you can see what they're, they're doing. We're here. It's like, okay, hold it up and let's see what you have. Okay. And then, of course, going on Go Guardian to look at their screen if they're writing something. Um, I use Cami a lot because then they can write in cami on the document i can see their work um, when they're handing in the homework or doing some other stuff that we do uh, and i and i can look at their screen and see what they're doing on cami for the go guardian i really like that yeah. we're actually going to be talking about go guardian a little later on in the podcast too so nice thing for mentioning that michelle mm -hmm. yeah thanks michelle <laughs> So, so now, Michelle, what are some of the things that you have tried that uh, you find frustrating or some new insights you would have made with your lessons to make them more effective in this current uh, climate? So the things that I have tried that I find that are uh, frustrating would be trying to get the kids to <laughs> maneuver around the different applications that, you know, platforms that we're using and having them follow along step by step and looking at which is i'm going to bring up go guardian again which is great because you can see everybody's um, screens while you're doing that i would say that's the most frustrating thing being a remote teacher especially i've got 30 students so i'm watching the screen and mrs dowdy's helping me out and trying to get them to where they need to go and waiting for everybody to be on the same place so then we can get started and then you know, helping out that 
few students who are lagging behind to get them caught up. I find that is kind of frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing, um, once in a while, Google Slides can be frustrating because the kids can't write on it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you, you know, you put your text box in and everything's stayed, you know, the background, you put it in there and it's the papers um, can stay put. Um, but some of that stuff too is frustrating because the kids, like when they click, I've got the text box in there and then when they click on it, they're like, well, the text box, it popped up really huge. How do I get that back down? <laughs> so those are some frustrating things with Google Slides and then I have to tell them, okay, just move the, you know, because they don't know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like just move, you know, make sure the cursor goes over there and you see the little arrows and then you can move the little boxes in by the dots. And so that's kind of frust uh, frustrating, but I do like using Google Slides. It mm -hmm. is wonderful. Um, but that's the only frustrating part I find about Google Slides. Um, Cami, I really love Cami, like I said before, because the kids can highlight. Um, you can do it right in here, like reading, put up a reading passage that they're going to read and say, okay, for reading, you're going to be looking for, you know, the main idea, you know, highlight the main idea that you can see that, you know, they can do that. You can show them how to do it and they do it. Uh, they can turn that in, whatever you want to do. Um, for Cami, for like even math, like I said, showing their work, it's wonderful because they can write on it. Um, leaving their thoughts for reading, they can make little mm. bubbles and, yeah. you know, for their close read, leave their thoughts on there and write their comments um, of what they're thinking. Um, they can draw little arrows and say, you know, draw an arrow to like a certain sentence or a certain word. Uh, if they don't know how to say a word they, or what the word means, it's great because Cami has a dictionary so they can highlight and press on it and then they can see what that word means. So I really do, I, I know, I can't, I, I really do love Cami. <laughs> <laughs> the only frustrating thing I would say about Cami is that some of my students um, were having a hard time scrolling down like if there's more than one page. Mm. So scrolling down to the second page, it only happened to a couple of them. Um, and then maybe like three or four, for some reason, when we downloaded the, you know, when they downloaded the app for that, they couldn't get in on that piece of paper to do the cami, wouldn't open up for them after we um, downloaded. So there's a little glitches that we still kind of have to help out with some of those students that are having trouble. Thank you. Um, do you find that um, trying to give them instructions on how to do things um, in remote? as far as software goes, is kind of challenging? Yes. So I do have to, obviously, I present my screen and I show them, you know, what we're doing and where we're going with those certain applications that we're using for platforms. But yes, it is difficult to, to get them where they need to go. Some of them catch on right away, you know, and follow the directions where you know when you're in person it's easier because i can go around to their computer and say <laughs> yeah. okay there's this and this and i can kind of help them out and have hands on where when they're remote i'm not there so all i have is to look at their screen uh and then tell them okay you're in the right spot click right here click here <laughs> and that's where go guardian is like a lifesaver yeah. because i'm like okay you're in you're you're here you know, take your mouse up to the left, click on the, you know, or to the right, click on the waffle, open it up. You're going to go see the yellow, see the yellow sheet that says Google Slides, you know, open that up. So, yeah, just the directions like that, are, it's difficult. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's more difficult remote than in person. All right. Thank you.
Michelle. Um, my last question for you would be, um, when you're looking ahead for um, teaching down the road here, do you have some future goals that you have for yourself where you want to see some self-improvement that would be effective in your classroom? Yes, and that's to become more tech savvy. <laughs> I, that's why I'm here. Now. <laughs> I, yes, I am not a tech savvy person. I am learning most of these platforms with the students. And so we're just playing around with most of them together. I, I would love to add on more as we go on, but I want to feel comfortable and set in with the ones that I'm using now. You know, obviously, finding my way around Google Classroom, I'm okay with that. I know there's still some more things that I can do in Google Classroom that I do not know yet. So improving on that. I have the kids doing Flipgrid and assignments, so I'm, I feel really comfortable with that. And um, Screencastify, I'm okay with that one too. So I, I think I'm, you know, and I show the kids how to do that too, cool. so that they can record themselves or record their answers. And, and Flipgrid is great. Um, you can see the kids' faces and, you know, whatever assignment you give them. And then it, it's wonderful just to hear the responses of what we've done. We did like a get to know you. So that was pretty cool um, <laughs> doing that with the kids and then sharing that. Uh, and all the kids just like they're intent they're like i as you can see their screens and they're all uh, they're all focused and watching you know what's going on so flipgrid really keeps the kids attention because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're really interested in that so i think just down the line you know getting to know some other platforms that i haven't used yet um and then by the end of the year you know, like I said, being a little more tech savvy. I think each year you you grow when you use um, technology more and more. Very nice. Well, thanks, Michelle. It's been nice having you here. Well, so. thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> You're welcome. I appreciate it. All right. I learned a lot. Oh, yes. Thank you. We'd like to thank Michelle Masari for Yay. being on there today. It was great. We learned a lot of what's going on, especially in the elementary level. So we're down to, of course, our digital apps used to getting to know your students or something you can use today in the classroom. Well, you know, Michelle did really well. So can yeah. And, yeah. So go, and actually, she brought up a perfect one we were going to talk about right away, which is Go Guardian. So yep. Go Guardian is a very great uh, to pace uh, student um, management app. It hooks up uh, right with your Google Classroom. So as long as the kids are in their school email and in Google Classroom, it will sync to a Chrome browser. It's really great. I like it. Um, you can see what the kids are doing. Um, you can uh, turn on the chat. You can talk to them directly. You can also click on their, their screen and you can work them through whatever issue is going on. So if they're having a problem with their, their assignment, you can kind of see what they're doing and kind of guide them along. Some of the things Michelle talked about, yep. um, in the sense that, um, you know, when the kids get stuck and they, they can't find the tool, then you can actually see what they're doing, which is really, it's great. And the other thing they do is once you exit out of GoGuardian, you get a summary of that. And mm -hmm. so it shows you what the kids, um, what websites they were at, what they were doing, you know, so it gives you a great summary of that as well. And it gives you also some management too, because you can also see it, say if somebody's working on something from another class, you can immediately say they can lock it and say, no, we're back on track with this class. It's also really good too for also student uh, um, morale too. Uh, Mrs. Tammy Pearson was on today. We were talking for Susan. She was just saying how everybody was doing, what she thought of their assignments. It's nice feedback, especially if they're mostly in remote or you only see them once a week, because I know a lot of my students are always, they're, they're always are just 
happy to talk to me. But sometimes it's nice just to throw that chat or that quick little thing like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm loving what you're doing here, but you want to look towards this. Right. Well, the other next one is Google Classroom breakout room. Breakout, oh no! <laughs> yeah, these are exciting. <laughs> I just I started doing mine today, as you know, Ryan. Yes. And um, um, my class was great. They worked really well with me at trying to help get those going. But um, the breakout rooms are awesome, and they're an extension add-on to Google Classroom. And you just go to your app and, and search for that Google Classroom breakout rooms, and then you get that extension up on your browser tab, and so. Um, it's great. Uh, and one thing that's great is you set up by your courses. So let's say you teach a different course, like me, I teach marketing, business basics, various other courses. I can set up the course first, like say this is business basics, this is multimedia, this is consumer ed A1, this is B3. And then what you do is once you hit the save button, that's the one important thing we learned. <laughs> the green plus button, if you go through this, guys, or watch YouTube, that creates your breakout rooms and courses, but always hit the blue icon next to it, which will save the work yeah, and always start with identifying your classes um so you want to make sure that um, you get your classes going and then after that you can add your breakouts yep um, to your classes and what's great about it is if you're able to set up your breakouts um, they'll give you a small section in the report that will allow you just copy those links and put them right in the chat and then the kids just when they come in when they're ready to go to those breakouts they just click on them and yeah, they're in their and, it, and it's really it's going to take a little work here. I was playing around with a couple of my classes. Some were getting in, some we were having problems. Uh, Kathy here figured out the more problems, and I'm definitely going to use it for two of my classes. A little slow work here because I know there's more integrations coming from Google Meet. Well, that. I was I was fortunate because I had kids in my class that knew what to click on. Yeah, exactly. So it worked <laughs> out great. They're like, oh, I clicked on, then I did this, and I got in. So they were they helped other kids make sure that they could get into their their um, classroom. Um, as well as the rooms and again we didn't use them much today because we were doing some other things but i wanted to kind of get that going so i kind of knew how to do it but i'm excited about trying to use that a little bit more so if you are looking at trying to have breakout rooms and you're using google classroom it is here um you can now get that as your um and as an app yeah so definitely reach out to us if you want to learn about it more too i'm starting to get used to it i'm planning on using it for my marketing business basics class in a couple weeks when we start some group classes now, another one we've talked about in the past, but, you know, uh, Kathy and I have learned some ins and outs <laughs> since, uh, you know, I mean, we are in week five now is the time this was recorded, is our buddy Edpuzzle, good old Edpuzzle here. I love Edpuzzle. So those who don't know what Edpuzzle is, it allows you to turn any type of video, whether you screen record and screencastify here in the district, we have the full unlimited version, grab them from Khan Academy, Crash Course, YouTube, and able to import notes, digital voice ones, quizzes, everything, so the students can go at their own pace. They have set up for captions. They can rewatch the videos and so forth. And it can either automatically grant through multiple choice or you can do open-end, which I love to do because I'm able to scan right through those open-ended questions. When I see one that is not giving me the answer, I can click and say that is wrong. And then everybody else, I say those are right. And I can click on it. It is such a time saver. But we've learned two things about people who <laughs> seem to not get in the classroom, which is ironic because Kathy discovered this first one. And then not, I, I, I kid you not, I was on YouTube and I got an alert because I follow them on a subscription. I, they said this exact same thing. So I'm going to let Kathy explain that first one. I'm going to explain the second one. Well, we've had a lot of trouble in my intro to computer classes with kids trying to get into Edpuzzle. And so, you know, we created a video that talks to them exactly step by step how to do it, that when they actually go through Google Classroom and they click on their Edpuzzle link, they need to sign in with their student email account, which means they have to go to the bottom. Some kids will take and sign in at, in the middle or at the top, which will not take you into your classroom. 
for Edpuzzle, which means you don't get their scores. Nope. They have to scroll down and take that very bottom link um, that will take them, it's their student email, that will take them directly into Edpuzzle. And then the other thing is once they do that, they have to keep going into Edpuzzle, or through, get into Edpuzzle through Google Classroom. Yes. So. Because otherwise it's not taking, if they just try to go into uh, Edpuzzle and do it, it's not going to work. It's one thing if they go into an assignments on Google Classroom, then after that say, let me see what else I have to do. Let's say you're in multiple classes or you've got two more in that class, then click on your classes, then it shows it. But if you go straight through Edpuzzle that way, not click on a link, it will not show them at all. And you can reset your process all they want and they won't get in. They yeah. have to go through that link on Google Classroom through their emails that they got set up for this yeah. to work. Some of the kids want to search for Edpuzzle. If they go in that way, you will not get the scores. Um, so you have to make sure they're logging in correctly. And that's one of the things that we are being real insistent on this year because there's so many other teachers using Edpuzzle now that we want to make sure that in interlocutors they can get logged in and they know how to use Edpuzzle effectively. Yeah, and here's another Edpuzzle tip that I've learned. I've been doing uh, ed, uh, education a while where I actually go to specific places to meet my lesson. I actually film myself, my son films it. But we learn if you go ahead and record these and then you upload directly to Edpuzzle, which you can do, you're not going to get the closed caption option. The only way for the closed caption option to work correctly through Edpuzzle is to, update, uh, to upload your video either through YouTube, which you can do, or through a, another sister site, say Vimo or something. Because if you do not do that, Edpuzzle cannot automatically translate closed caption until the video has at least been played through a class three times. Because after that, their AI system can then translate. But if you're going for the very first class and then they're saying, my speaker's not working there, you know, it's not their fault. They say, I'll just turn on closed caption. They're not going to get closed caption. <laughs> yeah. So if you yeah, are. That's not a bad idea no. if you, you want them to listen and not read. Yeah, I mean, that, that's <laughs> why I was going with that. I mean, if you yeah. really want them to pay attention and listen to the video, then that's it. If it's another video, like I said, if I use Crash Course or one on YouTube, that's already built into the system. So the closed caption is then but you option. But can, can you, you can turn the um, closed caption off. Right? You can turn it off. So the truth is, even if you do that way, you, it's up to you. And I always, big important thing, I always put on cannot skip. Yeah, no, they cannot skip. Cannot skip until they answer that question. They can rewatch it and reload it. But I make it sure they can't because I want them to answer that question. Yeah. Otherwise, they just skip everything go to the end. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Well, our last two I'm going to unfortunately take uh, control of, which is Kathy's like, oh, what's that different from any other day, um, is uh, Cami, <laughs> which Michelle talked about. So if you haven't used Cami yet, Cami uh, is fantastic. It allows you to annotate PDFs, yeah. images, mm -hmm. everything. It is such a wonderful thing. And you can do anything from doing voice notes. It has a dictionary. It has an immense reader on that. I have started using it for a couple classes of mine, and I have to say, I, I, I am so happy we have Cammy now. This that is a immense great reader thing. is awesome. An immense reader usually you only can find in Microsoft Word. There is a small version in Google Docs. It's not as powerful, but the Cammy Immerse Reader is almost on yeah. par with it. It is so good. It looks up those dictionary terms very nicely. It's very on par with Microsoft Word Immerse Reader. But it's also good for kids who struggle with reading because they've actually shown that when they use that intense reader, it actually does help them improve their reading skills. Um, you know, they listen and they follow along. So they're showing some evidence that um, their reading skills do improve if they can use that intense reader. So if you're trying to help kids that are struggling with reading, um, it might be another way to improve their skills. Right. And another thing I like about it, sometimes kids just cannot get the words out. Like they yeah. can type, they know what the answer, and it allows you to do voice memos. So then yeah. they can record themselves and that's right there. You put play and you do it. So then these are three features and believe it or not, one of our, one of our special ed teachers brought this up too. 
When you do Kami in Google Classroom, you have an option that says just grade with Kami. I always leave that on. That way, if I have an image or a PDF, I'm good to go. Because otherwise, if you're always constantly opening, it's always going to ask and say, do you want me to read OCR? And if you're those who are not tech people, and Michelle, I know you're back there somewhere, OCR is the ability to read the text in a document, if it's in another language or it's a hard word. If you leave Kami on all the time, then the OCR is automatically turned on, so you're fine. Also, a great advanced feature is, let's say you have a PDF that's a teacher edition, and it has the questions, like a quiz or other questions, but it has the answers. Oh, no, I can't show this. Kami allows you to split and merge the text, so you can drag and drop. Um, there's some videos out there for it, and then you make a whole new PDF, but now you have your quiz questions, you have the answer question, and you just save it as a new PDF, and you are good to go. And you know, it always goes back to this. If you're using a new software and you really want to know if the software will allow you to do it, just open up a tab in Chrome browser and type in your question. And usually you can find a video or an article that will help you go through and, um, and take you through that whatever you want to accomplish. So. Yeah, it's really good for that. And our last one we'll actually talk about, which is a new software, which a lot of us are playing with, which is FlexiQuiz. It is, yeah. It's very nice. I, can't I created a folder yet. Yay! <laughs> um, so FlexiQuiz, just so you know, it is it is an assessment tool. So think of testing quizzes. Yeah. Very good. Kathy and I used, uh, when I first got here, which is hard to believe four years now, <laughs> uh, we used um, yeah. Kia. And yeah. Kia was a nice little fan. If you ever look up Matt Miller, he used it way back when, too. Uh, Matt Miller from Ditch That Textbook. It unfortunately started to become very pricey. Yeah. So we switched to Class Marker, and Kathy and I love Class Marker. It allowed us to put images in, videos. It was great, but once again, pricey. it was pricey because also Class Marker was you paid a price a year, you could do whatever you want, quizzes, tests, whatever. Um, class Marker, it gets what's called testing credits. They basically think of it if you have only 30 seats and it's the SAT test, mm -hmm. only 30 people can take the quiz. So unfortunately, you have to get more tracks or in that case, get more seats for people yeah. to take the test. But they do carry their credits for That's what so I do like. If you don't use up all of your, your testing, they carry over to the next month. Which Unless is nice. You put your subscription on hold. Then you've then got you a problem. <laughs> so FlexiQuiz, which was uh, discovered by uh, Ryan Dessing, you can look up him up the thing. It's a very nice system. It does actually everything those do both do. The only difference, and this is the only slight drawback, is you are on now on a unitary drive. So henceforth, when you make your folders, um, even though it's your class, there is that sometimes you could see another teacher, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, you, I mean, everybody does their tests differently. That's just how it is. Yeah. So, but the easiest way of learning about FlexQuiz, it does great it nicely. The open end is really simple, and it's very simple to just copy and paste your answers from previous quizzes. There is an upload feature through Excel spreadsheet, but it's 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 time consuming. So yeah. it's just easier just to split your screen and look at your questions you want, type them in, and you're done. Yeah. So that's our little things for there. The only the issue with that too is if you already have a lot of a lot of questions or tests or quizzes already in another um, software, um, that's going to be kind of time consuming. Yeah, unlike say Google stuff. Forms or Microsoft Forms, we can import questions from previous yeah. quizzes and make brand new ones, which yeah, is a so. wonderful feature. If FlexiQuiz gets that ability to just drag and drop. I will love it. Yeah. Well, we'll use FlexiQuiz for a while to see what happens. Yep. So that's but that's a new. Those are new tools that they. So on that note, we want to thank everyone for joining us today. Please feel free to share this uh, these information out with other teachers you feel would benefit from this podcast. If you are willing to meet or participate in the podcast with us, please let us know. Our district is anxiously waiting to hear from you. We would love to hear about your experiences during remote learning, during this hybrid model that we're having. Um, I'm sure other teachers would appreciate anything that you have found that is um, successful and, you know, little shortcuts and things that you have learned. 
that would benefit more people. So um, if you um, want to come on, we really would appreciate it. Um, the more ideas we get out there, the better that we can focus as a community. And we'll have the rest of the information on our show notes down here. So thank you for joining us today on the Meridian 223 Teacher Podcast.